right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Fearcast. This is the podcast dedicated to OCD, anxiety, uh, anxiety spectrum disorders, treatment of such things, living with such things, overcoming such things, uh, and ultimately just how to try to get your life back from it. Um, I'm your host. My name is Kevin Foss. I am a licensed clinician in California and uh, in private practice in California. Um, and uh, thank you all so much for joining me uh, uh, for this episode. Um, Happy New Year, everybody. This is the first episode of the 2020 year. So uh, I hope everybody had a really good, uh, really good end of 2019. Hope everybody's having a good start to 2020. Uh, it seems that things are starting out really weird internationally in 2020. But I guess but this is not a politics show. So we're not going to talk about that stuff. But we are are going to talk about OCD and anxiety, to no surprise. The Fearcast, for those of you who are new to this, is a question and answer based podcast. If you, the listener, have a question about OCD or anxiety uh, or anxiety spectrum disorders, and by the way, that can be anything. It can be generalized anxiety disorders. It can be, hey, this weird thing is happening in my therapy group. Let's talk about that. Hey, I have a question about this specific fear. It's heights or spiders or, or whatever the case may be. It might be social anxiety. We don't talk a whole lot about that on this show just yet. But if you have a question, you can email me in those questions. You can go over to my website, fearcastpodcast.com. Uh, you go over to the Ask a Question link there, and you can send me in a question, and I will read it. And very, very likely, I will put it up on a future episode, and I will talk as much as I possibly can about it, or as much as reasonably one ought to talk about it. So... This episode is going to be no different, so I'm going to jump into that shortly. So I just want to say first off, so thank you everybody for uh, for for all you new listeners out there. I, I noticed that I got a whole bunch of new uh, Instagram followers in the past uh, a bunch of days or a bunch of weeks, and uh, welcome, welcome for joining. Thank you for joining. I guess welcome for joining is really weird, but in case you noticed, I don't know if you did, this episode is going to be marked for adults only because we are going to be talking about some adult related content. So this is not the squeaky clean, wonderfully uh, uh, family-friendly uh, um, version of the, the FearCast. This is FearCast After Dark again. Um, so I've only had a few of these episodes in the past, but uh, this one is going to be uh, on that subject. So today, I hate to tell you, we are going to be acknowledging that sex exists, to, I guess, quote NPR on that, but um, we are going to be talking about masturbation. So this is everybody's favorite topic. I'm certain of it. Um, this is an episode that I really hope my my parents and my my mother-in-law don't listen to. If you do, don't. I'm sorry. This is going to be just really awkward for everyone. But but here we go because this is this is a this whole episode is going to be based on a question from a listener. So the listener's name is Sandy, and Sandy asks, "Would you give any advice in OCD about God and self pleasure?" Sexologists say that self-pleasure is normal. Thank you very much. So that is all that Sandy had asked in this. So unfortunately, it doesn't give me a whole lot to go on. So I'm going to have to. So I'm going to have to e extrapolate, and I'm going to I'm going to do my best to answer this. Now I'm going to assume Sandy is talking about masturbation, though in their question they never specifically said it, but they referred to God and self-pleasure. So. 
generally speaking, if we're talking church language, self-pleasure is kind of like the 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 the, the fancy kind of whispered tone or like the 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 appropriate uh, church clothes version of the word masturbation or various other um, synonyms you can come up with. So I, I'm, I'm making that assumption. If you're not talking about that, I'm sorry. Um, it. But today we're going to be talking about uh, OCD, God, and masturbation. Now, how do all these things fit together? That is my job somehow. So, um, what I wanted to do is actually kind of break this episode down into three little parts. One is going to be just talking about masturbation in general. Two is going to be talking about God and masturbation. And three is going to be talking about OCD about God and masturbation. So, kind of the the obsessions that can relate around this, which I think is ultimately where they're going with this. So... I'll say this at the very beginning as well. If I miss something in this, or if you, uh, the listener, have any further questions about this, or want to add something that perhaps I missed, go over to fearcastpodcast.com. Shoot me a message there through the Ask a Question link, and I will get it. And I would love to tack that on, or tack that uh, that criticism, or that extra feedback, or that extra bit of advice at the end of this episode. So generally, masturbation is considered common. It's considered, quote, normal. And that's oftentimes based on the statistics. However, I will say this. The statistics about masturbation don't say anything as to whether it's good, or it's bad, or it's right, or it's wrong. Or nor does it say anything about it being healthy or unhealthy. The statistics just are, are showing how often and how, and how common masturbation is occurring across different populations. What's further interesting about just the prevalence of masturbation is that despite it being so common, it's incredibly highly stigmatized and people just rarely talk about it. And they rarely talk about it in 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 just kind of casual conversation. If anything, it's kind of, it's the butt of the joke, it's it's kind of hushed tones, or it's something that, that that's inappropriate. And, and furthermore, to that point, getting really accurate statistics about it is incredibly difficult, uh, as people are likely to underreport the prevalence of, of the occurrence of it, the presence of it, just in general. In doing a little bit of reading about this subject for this episode, I came across a couple of things is that um, apparently often the subject is not addressed very well in schools and in, in sex ed programs. Uh, and it's not really discussed effectively through sex education programs, despite it being uh, 100% effective at preventing unwanted pregnancies or STIs. So there is that aspect of it. So it can be helpful if you don't, if you don't want to have a child and you don't want to get an STI. STI, uh, masturbation is a fantastic way to do that. I suppose abstinence is too, but um, good luck with that. So, uh, also, for everybody out there and for everyone who is going to get unwanted intrusive thoughts, this will be a fun exposure for everybody. One article pointed out that right now, as you are listening to this, based on the statistics, 800,000 Americans are masturbating right now. Right now. Just think about that. At, in this moment, connect out, reach re, reach your brain out to all the Americans out there, uh, and and eight hundred thousand of them are masturbating right now. So I don't know what intrusive thoughts that's going to do to everybody, but we're going to sit with the discomfort of it. All right, anyways. 
So back to the statistics. So there was a recent study that came out, uh, and apparently it's, it's one of the biggest international studies about masturbation in general. And it was, uh, it came up with, uh, I heard of different reports, but approximately 13,000 respondents from numerous countries responded to this and gave answers, which is which uh, is, is huge. 13,000 is a very, very big number uh, for, for a study like this. Now, I will say this, and this can potentially skew the numbers, so take this with a grain of salt, um, is that this study was put out by or, or, or funded by um, a, a producer of sex toys. So, um, it, so it's very possible that when they're putting this study together that, that, the, that the person who is going to respond to or participate in this study is, is likelier to be interested in, interested in or be, be more sexually minded than perhaps if they were trying to just reach out to you know conservative religious folks. So there there is the potential for this skewing the results. So we can take that with a grain of salt, I, I suppose. But interestingly, in this study, uh, they found that 92% of U.S. men say that they masturbate, which I think is also interesting because they say, but Americans only think that 83% of men do. So notice the, di- the distinction there. 92% said that they masturbate, but when they asked how many other people are masturbating, they said, oh, only 83. So there's this assumption that, not, that fewer people are doing it, but more people are acknowledging that they're doing it. And similarly, they, they found uh, 76% of women acknowledge that they, that they masturbate, but they, on- they only think that 66% of Americans do. So I think that was, that was really interesting. Some other st- uh, statistics I found about the prevalence of it is you know, somewhere around you know, 76% of, of people acknowledged that they masturbate, which again, that, that seems really low in comparison to this one being 92%. So again, it could very well be just the, the study where who they were asking, uh, didn't get a whole lot of information about that. But anyways, no one here probably cares about statistics and how to put those together. Now, we'll say this. There's the old joke about masturbation that says something to the effect of 95% of Americans acknowledge that they masturbate and the other 5% are lying. Now, as part of the study, by the way, they had some really interesting statistics, and I just want to share a couple of them. Uh, they found that uh, they, they found the, the, the I just, I'm giggling because I think this is funny, aphrodisiacs for men and women, obviously they're going to differ. Women, apparently chocolate is a fantastic aphrodisiac. For men, in this study, they acknowledged that, that pizza and tacos are aphrodisiacs for men. So think about that, ladies, if you're trying to get your man up and running. All right, so also uh, music that got people in the mood, R. Kelly, for both men and women. Got people going. Who would have thought? Um, also, uh, I thought this was interesting. So why do people masturbate? So 31% said that uh, to satisfy sexual urges, 25% to achieve sexual pleasure, 21% to relax and relieve stress. That was the top three. All the other reasons were all 5% or less. And there were things like to discover one's body more, uh, to help sleep, simply because they're bored. So people are going to masturbate for a ton of reasons. Okay, we're going to move on to the next bit. And this is God and masturbation. So I, I, I did a little bit of research because I wanted to try to get a little bit of information further about um, what what various religions do say about masturbation, whether it's okay. Because I'm, I'm imagining, Sandy, part of your question is whether or not it's okay. Imagine that when you say OCD about God and self-pleasure, that there is guilt or there is rumination about masturbatory activities related to your faith and whether it's right or it's wrong. I'm making that assumption because I've never worked with anybody who says, 
gosh, I really want to masturbate more. How do I do that? Uh, I've never worked with anybody who says, you know, I just don't think I'm masturbating to the to the to the amount that God would like me to, I think I need to increase my frequency and duration. I don't know. I've never had that happen. So very often, I think the, or for the assumption here is, I, I think you're wanting to cut down or, or trying to deal with some guilt making these assumptions. Sandy, if you disagree with this, email me and I'll make a correction in a future episode. So, uh, all right. So what, uh, what, do, uh, what does God say about masturbation? He's against it. Moving on. All right, that's actually not the case. So I, I, I dug a little bit more. Now, I just looked into three different religions, and again, I didn't look too extensively into it. I'm sure someone's going to have something to say about this, but I looked into Christianity, Judaism, and uh, um, Islam. So with Christianity, um, I, I found, generally speaking, I couldn't really, I couldn't find any resources that said they're cool with it. Generally speaking. Uh, uh, Christians, Catholics are going to be against masturbation. They're going to say that that it is unethical, it is immoral. Now, I found it interesting that that primarily what Christianity will cite is that uh, it, it's it's a selfish act, and it's it, it takes away from one's partner, one's particularly the married partner is what they're going to specify all the time. Um, and I couldn't find anything that said that they're fine with it. For all you Catholic folks out there, uh, if you have questions about uh, um, OCD and faith, uh, one of the best resources that I can uh, that I can give you is going to be Scrupulous Anonymous. Now, I've did an interview, um, oh boy, a while back uh, with uh, uh, Father Tom Santa. Uh, he's the he's the guy behind uh, Scrupulous Anonymous, and he's been doing it for gosh for years and years and years. But he came out with a book called Understanding Scrupulosity, and it's a fantastic resource that I will refer to from time to time when working with a Catholic client or just referring in general uh, with uh, with a, a person of faith. So again, he's coming from a Catholic perspective. This is not going to be uh, applicable necessarily to everybody else, but uh, Father Santa is a, is a fantastic resource. I, I, I think he's very, very smart about things and, and, and very well written about things. Uh, and he has a whole section in his book about masturbation. So, so in the section of the book about masturbation, um, uh, Father Santa does acknowledge the traditional view of masturbation from the from the Catholic Church's perspective, and they are, to no surprise, against it. Um, and again, they they do cite that it pulls people away from from traditional relationships or pulls people away from in, uh, intimacy. But but interestingly, he doesn't just clobber people with guilt. Um, nor does the Catholic Church say that it's you know anybody who masturbates is just awful and terrible and sinful and and all of that stuff. They, in his chapter discussing masturbation, he refers to the Vatican Congregation for Catholic Education uh, entitled "Educational Guidance in Human Love: Guidelines for Sex Education," and this was released in 1983. Um, so he he writes in this. The document emphasizes that masturbation is, quote, particularly complex and delicate problem, end quote. He goes on to say, the teaching of the church is that, objectively, masturbation is a serious moral disorder, quote, principally because it is the use of the sexual faculty in a way which essentially contradicts its finality, not being at the service of life and love according to the design of God, end quote. He goes on to say, at the same time, the church recognizes that many personal and subjective influences can underlie this habit and advises that we be cautious in evaluating the subjective responsibility of the person. He says, most important, the person struggling with this problem should try to grow 
should try to keep growing towards self-giving love, to be open and interested in others, be involved in works of justice and charity, and have recourse to prayer and the sacraments. So again, that is from a Catholic perspective. I thought it was very interesting that while, yes, they do say it's it's a serious issue, they do have a very compassionate view of it. And I think that there is this acknowledgement of the, that it is incredibly common. Again, 92%. There's, there's no way that Every Catholic out there is in that is in that eight percent that's not doing it. So they're certainly acknowledging it and have compassion about it. Um, Judaism refers is is against it as well, or specifically more the Orthodox tradition is going to be against it. But it talks about it more in terms of the sin of Onan. So some some folks will be aware of that. And there's a verse in the Old Testament that talks about Onan had quote spilled his seed on the ground, uh, and that was uh, tremendously offensive. And that is often cited uh, by both Jews and Christians. Christians as well as the, the the evidence why God is against masturbation. Um, now I have heard that. Uh, now I, I'm continuing to read that there is uh, there there are some more some in the Reformed tradition are more okay with it. They don't particularly say that they're completely completely fine with it. But what they will say is that it is is helpful in preventing disease, helping to prevent uh, uh, out uh, out of wedlock sex, things like that. So they're more okay with it. Um, in Islam, there's going to be a lot. And again, I'm not an Islam expert in the least bit. So from what I've read, um, again, Islam, just like the other ones, not typically for masturbation. Um, some things that they'll cite is a passage that uh, that refers to guarding one's private parts, uh, and that is often ref- uh, uh, extrapolated as that is often interpreted as being. Uh, uh, protecting against masturbation or not just don't do it. Um, some more progressive imams, I watched a video uh, talk, uh, where uh, an imam was talking about this, and they were saying that uh, it doesn't quite, ref- that, that passage doesn't quite refer to masturbation, but uh, so that imam actually said it's totally fine. And I think what this illustrates is, is that there's going to be a broad swath, a broad interpretation of whether or not masturbation is okay. And that's really going to depend on your religious tradition and how conservative, how progressive, how liberal or orthodox that tradition is going to be. So, in this episode, I am not here to say whether or not it's good or it's bad or it's right or it's wrong or safe or dangerous. Instead, giving you stuff to think about. But again, with all of that said, let's move on to the OCD aspects of things. As I mentioned before, I'm assuming that this has to do with masturbation. Your question has to do with it. Um, And whether or not God thinks it's okay, whether it's a sin, or whether it needs to be confessed, and whether it needs to stop. When I work with clients who experience uh, uh, obsessions about masturbation and masturbatory habits, there's a lot of rumination that takes place. Um, so what I encourage someone to do is to uh, observe the, the OCD cycle occurring within themselves. Or if if you don't have OCD, if you have uh, another form of anxiety, consider um, what is the feared thought. What is what is the scary thought about your masturbatory habits? Is it that um, you're masturbating, so therefore you're sinning, therefore you're offending God, therefore you're going to go to hell. Is, is that it? Is it that you're masturbating and that uh, God is offended by it, so he's going to punish you in some sort of way? Um, c- consider what that story is. All right, so some of the compulsions that can come w- with 
obsessions about uh, uh, masturbatory habits. Um, oftentimes, I'll hear compulsions about trying to get to a comfortable emotional place of you know that just right feeling to get a sense that you're okay with God again. There can be ruminating about the cause of the behavior to get kind of to take responsibility off your shoulders. Like if I can just figure out where it came from, then it's not for me. It's from outside of me, and I feel all right again. Um, some folks will seek compulsive reassurance that God isn't upset or that they aren't sinful. Uh, and, and certainly this can come through prayer for forgiveness or performing rituals of atonement over and over again. Sometimes it comes through confessing repeatedly. And lastly, there can also just be a series of ritualistic or kind of routine behaviors that have nothing directly to do with God or masturbation. And sometimes folks will do things like counting or tapping or even cleaning to, to get rid of this feeling and to make them feel as if that they're okay with God again. So certainly as, a, as it relates to the obsession about masturbation and the feared story, um, some great things to do about this are number one, to be aware of the compulsions that you're doing and obviously holding back from doing those and sitting with that sense of discomfort with the reality that this act has happened. Um, whether it is good or bad, right or wrong, and whatever God is actually thinking about this, again, it is a sensitive subject, right? So we need to be cautious to jump to the conclusion that it, it's always terrible and God is always always going to punish you and to the degree that your brain is thinking it's going to. But again, I, I don't know. I can't speak for God in this, but we need to sit with the discomfort of your reality and also recognize that the compulsions you're doing, likely speaking, are excessive, unnecessary, repetitive, and well beyond what the average person within your church or religious tradition would likely be doing. So we're not trying to have you be a superhero where you're doing well above and beyond, nor a superhero where you're doing nothing other than what the average person in your community would do in response to this, provided they think that this act is not okay. So, in, in addition to holding back on those compulsions, which again, for anybody out there listening, if you were to do anything between exposures or response prevention, meaning the uh, resisting compulsion, I would rather you do uh, response prevention, holding back on the compulsions rather than doing exposures and constantly doing compulsions. You're going to be far better off not doing exposures if you're only going to do one of them. And if you're looking for a place to start in treatment, noticing what your compulsions are, resisting doing them even for like five minutes and sitting with that discomfort and waiting for that, that anxiety to start coming down or shifting and just saying, I can tolerate this and I can experience this and that's okay. Now, if you're going to do exposures about this, a great way, a great thing to do about this would be to script your feared story happening. Now, you can find a ton of resources about this, but scripting is going to be a story written in first person and present tense about this, this terrible thing happening and then the awful, terrible result of it happening. So, what are going to be the consequences? And you draw that out into its natural end, and then you reread and reread that story until the anxiety that comes from that uncomfortable story starts to subside. Now, this is something to work on with a therapist. There are going to be a ton of resources that are going to be out there to help guide you how to do this. And if you're looking for some, I mean, Google it. If you have questions about it, email me. I'll, I'll probably uh, uh, refer you to a couple of resources out there. Um, but scripting is going to be a great way to do this. Now, I don't typically advise somebody go and actively do, quote, a sin while doing ERP, um, because that's not my job. It's kind of like telling someone who's afraid of breaking the law to go break the law. Like, you should be nervous. If someone it holds 
sin important or says that 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 they that sin has a special place and that that's something they don't want to do and they're trying to not do that well it's ill-advisable for a therapist to say go and do that worst thing so but likely speaking if you're on the 92 percent, you're probably going to be doing it anyways so this is also where pulling back on the compulsions but but more importantly i think acceptance and commitment therapy is going to be really important and this is a mindfulness-based approach so sandy what i'll encourage you to do is to consider what your values are on the subject and what you find to be important and again this is an indeed a, a delicate subject because uh, uh, people have an innate sexual drive but often this conflicts with our, our religious beliefs that advise against this sexual drive. So what do we do with this tension, this conflict within us? Well, I would say a combination of acceptance and grace. And again, this is coming from the assumption that you have a desire to cut down or eliminate this behavior. But again, I'm just reading into this. If you're trying to do it more, I'm pretty sure you'll find a way. But if you're trying to do it less... We need to remember that full-blown guilt about one's moral character because of this behavior likely isn't helpful. Remember, 92% of people do this. So if you're within that 92%, you'll need to find a way to accept that you are like everybody else, that you're normal, that perhaps you're not the worst person out there. And remember, likely speaking, you also lie sometimes. You also break laws sometimes. Sometimes you might be greedy. You might be jealous. You might be spiteful. You might be gluttonous, like everybody else, right? And somehow we find a way to get to a place where we can live with that. We don't say, well, I do it a little bit, so I'm going to do it now all the time. But we find this way between 100% and 0% that works for us, that makes it possible for us to continue to live. So having kind words towards yourself in this process is going to be incredibly important. Finding some graceful things to say, some, something that acknowledges that sometimes we screw up, but we're going to accept that, yes, we have our goals, we have this urge, we have this failing sometimes, and that it's going to happen. And then you have to find a way to move forward with that without going above and beyond or trying to uh, drive yourself bonkers through compulsive behaviors or raking yourself over the coals because uh, somehow you're getting to this emotional place where you feel like now finally God is okay with you. Now, within ACT, there's the commitment piece. And, taking com and the commitment piece is ultimately um, committing to meaningful actions towards your values. So doing things that you find important. And by the way, this doesn't mean being successful or completely successful about this all the time. But within this whole process, you can consider taking, and I would encourage you to set reasonable goals for yourself. Set this up with error bars. Again, as I mentioned, um, if zero is the goal, then there needs to be an error bar with the acceptance of failure. There's a really great exercise from ACT where it has this big target. In the middle of the target, the bullseye is your ideal self, your ideal behavior with, with all sorts of things. So in the middle, you'd put down what, what your ideal value is. What, what, what's, what do you want to be? If you could snap your fingers and be that person, what would you do? So in relation to sexuality, in relation to masturbation, you might put what that number is in the middle there. And then on that target, right? Because it goes out in concentric circles. You then put, and you'd be you'd be honest and acknowledging where you currently are at, and that might be really close to that number. It might, man, it might be really far away from that number, but it's helpful to recognize just honestly where where you're at in that process. 
And then once you acknowledge that, then you can start taking reasonable steps to progressively get closer towards your values. Now, again, you may never get to your perfect ideal self like the rest of us, but we as people want to try to work towards being an improved person, not perfect, but making progress. Now, again, this comes back to the grace piece. We need to acknowledge that in this process, there's going to be failure, and that's okay. But you'll keep moving forward. You'll keep giving yourself grace, acknowledging that it's, this might be a two steps forward, one step back. But compulsive behavior is not going to help with this. Beating yourself up is not going to help with this. Telling yourself that you're the worst, most awful, god-awful, sinful person that God is just going to turn his back on because of this behavior that you're doing that 92% of everybody is doing. Well, that's not going to give you much encouragement either. Now, inevitably, by, by the way, when your brain gives you this sense of guilt and shame, uh, as I'm anticipating there might be, you can practice what ACT calls diffusion, which is disconnecting yourself from those thoughts and, and pushing those thoughts away from you in recognizing that they're not you, but that you are observing all that you are experiencing. Thoughts, feelings, images, sensations, and urges. That includes feelings of guilt, feelings of doubt, feelings of shame. We can observe how those feelings feel, how they are affecting our body, and recognizing that it's not truly who we are, but it's that we're feeling it, right? We feel the heat of summer, but that's not who we are, what we're about. It's uncomfortable. We feel it, but you know what? It's not who we are or what we are. Similarly, we can have thoughts that are uncomfortable and scary. We've talked about violent thoughts and sexual thoughts uh, and, and contamination thoughts, but we can recognize that those are just the thoughts that go through our mind, and then you and I get to choose which ones of those thoughts we're going to react to. And we react based on our values, what's important to us. So when those thoughts of, of guilt and punishment and condemnation come in your brain, observe those thoughts and say, you know what? Thanks, brain, for watching out for my values. You know where my values lie. But I'm going to move on. Thanks, bro. Now, that response helps you to shift away from focusing on potentially fighting with the act, fighting with the guilt, fighting with the recourse of it, fighting through compulsion to try to get back to an atoned place with God, whatever the case may be. But we can acknowledge that thought and say, you know what? If, if I'm doing this repeatedly, compulsively, inappropriately, excessively, uh, uh, outside of what the average person in my, my religious community would do, well, I'm going to do what the average person would do and no more. And though beyond that, what the average person would do, that's where my guilt or my shame or my obsessive thoughts or my, my guilt lies. Well, that's the feeling and those are the thoughts that you're going to sit with. Now, again, that's so much easier said than done. If that's something that uh, that you need to talk about with a therapist, do you have further questions about how to do that? I think I've done a, a, a previous episodes about acceptance and commitment and therapy. So those might be something worth reading. So uh, reading, uh, listening to, this is a podcast. I suppose it's a audio medium. Anyhow, so that's my episode, Sandy, uh, and everybody else listening. Um, so I hope this answers some of your questions, Sandy, about uh, OCD, about God, and self-pleasure. And again, thank you so much for the question. All right, everybody, you made it through that episode of The Fearcast. This has been the masturbation episode. 
there might be more who knows but anyways thank you so much for making it through this episode and to all of you new listeners uh, we don't always talk about these subjects uh, go back and listen to previous episodes we talk about all sorts of everything um, if you have a question about this subject or want uh, further clarification or want to add something go over to fearcastpodcast.com and you can uh, ask me a question there send me that message all of that stuff uh, if you have a question just about anxiety disorders and, and, and OCD um, that you would like me to talk about here again completely anonymously you can write in whatever name you want me to use I do not share your email addresses I will not say your real name unless you want me to um, so uh, uh, send in those questions um, that is what this podcast is all about and the more questions I get the more podcasts I'm going to put out so as always everybody please remember the Fearcast podcast is not a substitute for psychotherapy if you have questions about treatment and getting some uh, additional help in your recovery you can go to fearcastpodcast.com and you can check out uh, uh, some resources I have there uh, if you like the show by the way uh, please click subscribe please uh, tell a friend about it give me a review um, if you have some feedback about it you want to hear more of something less of something let me know about it uh, you can find this uh, uh, you can find a little bit more about fearcast podcast over at Instagram I'm fearcast podcast over there um, and uh, you can find this uh, uh, podcast pretty much everywhere uh, wherever you get uh, podcasts so um, again everybody uh, thank you so much and until next time take a risk challenge yourself and don't take your brain too seriously bye